Welcome to the SoulWorks Podcast, a place where we explore self-care strategies that lead us to our well-being and highest self. I'm your host, Ade Chakol. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. I have such an amazing guest with me today. Um, I have Olive Idehen with me. She's the founder of Khalid, an organizational development consulting firm to small and mid-sized nonprofit organizations and financial coach to individuals. So Olive, you have played a, an amazing role in my life and um, I am so grateful that you have decided to join me here on my podcast on SoulWorks. I know a lot of people are going to benefit from this episode um, because, you know, financial health is extremely important in our overall well-being. Um, I learned that on my journey to health. So I want to thank you for being here. But uh, Olive, before we start, I do have a question that I ask all my guests. Um, okay. What is your morning routine like? Oh, my morning routine. Well, good morning, Eddie. It's so good to be with you on this podcast. I remember um, the journey that we both went on recently together. You had actually said that you wanted to get back to health and wellness. And in particular, you said you wanted to also have a podcast. So kudos to you and congratulations to see that you actually accomplished it. Um, so it's, it's, it truly is an honor to be here. So what is my morning routine like? So I'm a creature of habit because it works for me. So I'm, first of all, I'm an early riser. So no matter the day, I'm usually up between 5.30 and 6. No matter the day, no matter the situation, I'm just an early riser. Um, so when I wake up, of course, I say my prayers. I drink lemon water. And I exercise. I do some form of exercise, either doing yoga or I go out for a walk or run. And um, so that's my morning routine. And then, of course, after that, I take my shower and everything else and get ready for the that's day. beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Um, so, Olive, um, you're a financial coach. How did yes. that happen? How did that all kind of unravel in your life. Can you give us about your, you know, um, details about your background and how you got here today? Wow. Okay. And um, so it's, you know, so it's interesting that you're asking this question because recently I had to really think about that, right? Because in this business of financial coaching, everything we say and do has to be relatable and authentic, if you will. So usually when I work with clients, and I'm sure, Addie, you probably heard a little bit about my background as well, because I like to help my clients know that I have walked in the shoes that you are now, right? And you can get through it. So I've always had a passion, an interest in this thing called community. So what is community? So it's where we live where we work, where we play, where we worship, because community shapes our lives, right? So the community in which we live in um, determines really our success in life, determines how accomplished we will be, determines if we're going to be wealthy or not. It determines safety, and it, de and it definitely determines our health, our ability to be healthy. And of course, all of this impacts our families. Um, so I've been very fortunate and thankful that this passion around community, um, I was able to get degrees around it, uh, got a degree in city planning from grad school. And then I've been so fortunate to take this knowledge and be able to work first in the nonprofit sector where I headed an or a nonprofit organization I was very focused on, it was the umbrella group for nonprofits that build housing, low, um, uh, you know, what we call affordable housing to, to individuals and families that earn up to 80% of the area median income. And then from there, I 
I again wanted to learn, okay, so we're doing all this great work in community. We see the houses, we see the buildings, we see the the flow of money, you know, everything that's happening literally happening around us. But who really pays for it? Where how does all this stuff happen? And so from there I was able to again very fortunately but on the financial side of it. And so my, so I, I worked in two major financial institutions and have always worked on the side in the departments of these banks that do a lot of work with community. Now, further around that, um, again, banks are very concerned that their, that their um, customers have good financial knowledge. So there was a lot of volunteer opportunities around um, doing training sessions, um, coaching individuals, either one-on-one or through a nonprofit organization around this thing again called money. And so that's where I always raise my hand to say, yeah, I'd love to do that. Needless did I, and, and it was, and it's so uncanny because I had no idea that while I was going through this, so I had a major life change, major change. I went through a divorce very unexpectedly, you know, and I you always tell my clients, you know, life happens. So life did happen to me in a very um, awful way. Divorce is never good, but the circumstances around it was even worse. And um, and and along with that, I had two minor children that I had that I had to make sure succeeded. You know, so I was so determined to keep life as normal as possible for them. And so, again, this led me down that path of, you know, Olive, you need to get your finances together. How are you going to bring up these children? How are you going to make ends meet? How are you going to pay your mortgage? And how are you going to live? You know, and suddenly all life was happening to me. And so that's where all the knowledge that I've been developing over the years came together and then um, along that, so, so I went through a divorce, came out of it, was very, and again, thank God, everything is stable now. And then along that, I was, um, I was introduced to the financial ministry at my church, and I fortunately um, had that opportunity again to be exposed to financial concepts through there. And then, um, and then, so about. Two and a half years. So I've been serving as a financial coach, I'd say for at least eight, eight years to individuals, but mostly on a volunteer basis. So about two years ago, um, I decided to set up my own practice. Um, so Colive, C-A-L-L-I-V-E actually stands for Call Olive, because a friend of mine who was helping me develop, develop the brand said to me, what do you want people to do? And I said, I want them to call Olive. So Polyv was born about two, two, two and a half years ago. And like you just said, you know, part of that is working with nonprofit organizations as an organizational consultant. But then the other side of it is very focused on financial coaching. And so I've been fortunate and so lucky. I am one of the resident coaches at, at the Prince George's um, Financial Empowerment Center. It's an awesome organization. I have so many clients that come through the door. It has been so heartwarming to see the successes of these people um, and to just, you know, so to walk with them. We talk a lot about um, budgeting. You know, first, I like to meet them where they are, right? So I try to, again, it definitely it's a non-judgmental um, discussion so a financial coach, what do we do? So we, you know, you know, I like to tell people, um, just like how we have personal coaches, personal, you know, um, health, personal training, uh, sorry, personal training co- um, coaches um, that will say to us, jump up, run up and down, do this, you know, to help us drop some weight and get in a better health situation. Um, likewise, it is for a financial coach. So a financial coach, um, I'm very focused on behavioral behavioral issues. Um, Because one thing I've learned is that it doesn't matter how much head knowledge we have about money, about investments, about stocks, about whatever the thing is. If we lack a change in our basic behavior, then it defeats the purpose. So financial coaching gets to 
our behaviors. It it um, walks with you, helps you set um, short, long-term goals, um, holds you accountable on those goals, and literally just walks side by side as that trusted person that can help you um, think things through, bounce ideas off you, because this thing called money is scary, you know, because certainly the kind, you know, a lot of our cultures that we come from, so I'm part Nigerian, part Jamaican, you know, in these cultures, we don't talk about money. It's kind of a taboo, you know, but I know that every single one of us, right, this is an issue that we're grappling with, you know, which with um, a lot of us are living beyond our means. A lot of us don't have enough savings, what happens when there's a job loss, right? What are those deep-rooted fears that we have? Um, so as a financial coach, those are some of the things that I like to work with individuals, both men and women with. And, um, you know, and truly just help them set, set financial goals and help them understand the logic behind why we say, you know, savings is important, why it's important to pay down your debt, why it's important to have uh, a retirement plan? Why is it important to plan for your children's savings? So as a financial coach, I am that um, trusted partner and it's all confidential. Um, Truly no skin in the game. The only skin in the game I have is the success of each and every one of my clients. You know, I went through a divorce myself and I understand how just it's such a traumatic um, thing to happen in your life. And with it comes a lot of, um, you know, unsettling things in your life and financial anxiety is one of them. And if especially you were not the one uh, in the partnership, that managed the finances, or if you have completely, you know, um, let go of that part of, of the responsibility to your partner. And when divorce happens, you're faced with so many challenges that you don't even know where to start. So it's, it's really, really important to know that first of all, that you're not alone in that there are so many people who have experienced that who are experiencing it at the same time that you are um it is unfortunately it's not something that we've been taught as children you know yes we've been told that money is important and that we should save money but i don't understand why it hasn't been you know, why we don't learn this in school, because it's such an important thing for life on how to manage our finances. Um, I grew up thinking, yes, you need money and money is very important. So uh, work hard in school, you know, get a great job and you'll have money. But that's not the case. You need to know how to take care of your money. And money is it's an energy. You need to you know, see it as an energetic thing. If you have negative energy towards money, then you're going to manage it in a negative way. You don't even know how to manage it. So, and it's a vicious cycle because when you're lacking in money, when you're having money troubles, then you become, you become anxious about it and you don't even want to deal with it. So it becomes worse. <laughs> so it's really, really bad until you finally step out of it or and you seek help. And that's why I think financial coaching is an amazing, an amazing resource because like you said, Olive, um, we don't even talk about finances, even though we continue to be told that uh, money is important and we should save money, but you're not you shouldn't be talking about your um, how much you're making, how you're saving. You should not have an open conversation with your friends because you it's just a taboo topic. So it doesn't um, we should really step out of that and we should understand that everybody 
needs to manage their money. It's one of the most important things in our life. Just the same way you mentioned, we, as we exercise our body as, as much as we exercise our mind, we also need to exercise how to handle money. So this leads me to my next question for you is as, you know, how can women step into their financial power? How can we get that back and how can we, you know, be more open and break that taboo and get our power back in finances. Okay. So before we talk about that, um, you know, I just, uh, something you said, Eddie, that resonated with me, I would, without a doubt, say that money can become a health, lack of money can become a health issue. Right. Um, so why do I say that? So usually when I when I train, when I do group training, I usually ask the participants how many of them really enjoy being in debt from a health and wellness perspective. How many of them enjoy the sleepless nights, right? How many of them enjoy having the debt collectors call them? Suddenly you're not answering your phones. How many of us enjoy the stress, right? That stress level of not knowing how many of us have bought so many things and, you know, clothes and shoes and, you know, things that are not, you know, that lack any value and, but we cannot pay our rent. How many of us have been in the situation where We've had to call on other people or we go around to different family members because in a lot of our cultures, that is how, that's, that's how we operate. Right? We don't think savings is important because my relative is there and we go around to each relative asking, please help me pay my rent, help me, help me, help me, without giving thought to that other person's um, challenges. How many relationships have broken up? Friendships have broken up because of this thing called money or lack of it or lack of understanding, right? So mm. for me, money translates to health and wellness. So for us women, and Eddie, you did say it, you, there was something you said that, um, you know, you know, we're in really, we are in relationships, marriages, if you know, and some of us have no clue what the financial situation is in our households. Even as individuals, even if we're not coupled, we still don't understand. So, you know, so for us women in particular to step into our financial power, um, it, it starts with knowledge, you know, knowledge, asking questions, not being ashamed, because one thing that I've learned in this journey, this financial coaching journey, is that all of us, are walking the same road, right? Some may have gone ahead of others. Some are just starting it. And we all have kind of similar issues, right? Just like how when you and I met, Addy, we had more in common than we thought we would have, right? And I remember that day when you were talking, I started to giggle, not because it was funny, but because we had a lot in common. And you never would have thought that when you met me. Hmm. So knowledge is important asking questions is important there you know there is no stupid question reading right and also being mindful of how we spend right because a lot of us sometimes don't give thought till until don't give thought for tomorrow right because life happens life happens to us life happens in the form of it could be in our in both our cases divorce could be a spouse you know dying it could be a job loss could be illness i mean i could just go on with the litany of life happening to us scenarios so for women it's important to understand where is the bank account how much is the rent how much is the mortgage how is it being paid where 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 are the payments being sent to what are the different bills that come into the household every month it's very important to have that and also, please get your name on these accounts, right? Um, make sure that your name is on, you know, on these accounts because 
this is how you're also building your credit, right? And it, and you know, in the in the in the um, in the in the economy that we're in, you know, it's important that we have to show a track record that we have been paying bills, right? Um, your phone bill, get you know, make sure it's you know your name is on it. The light bill, the phone bill, sorry, the water bill, the, whatever those bills are, make sure and have a really good understanding of the expenses for the family, for your household. You bring in X amount. You spend X amount. Mm, that's that's amazing. Yes, absolutely. And one thing I want to add that you also mentioned is, you know, the world we're living in right now is constantly, if we're paying attention, is constantly telling us that we need more, 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 more. So whenever we're feeling down or we're feeling anxious or we're hurt, we automatically think that, okay, if I have more of this, then I'll be happy and I'll be fulfilled. And that's why we, you know, go out and shop, whatever it is. Some people like to buy clothes. Some people like to buy food. Some people like to buy jewelry, but we think of that when we go and get that. And the more we have, the more happy we are. But unfortunately, that's not how it works. Um, actually, that's also another vicious cycle where, okay, we go, we spend money on whatever it is that we felt at that moment will bring us joy. But then that's just very temporary. You know, give it an hour, maybe a day, then we're back at feeling extremely bad, even more now because we've spent so much money on something that actually does not really matter. So taking a look at our finances, and I, for me, from personal experience, what I've noticed that actually brings me much lasting joy is to actually see my money in my bank account rather than the, you know, furniture sitting there or the clothes in my closet that doesn't even fit anymore. So we really need to um, take a step back and see that materials are something that at the end of the day, you know, we don't even own them. It's nothing that we own. At some point, we're going to lose them, give them away. It will not even bring us lasting joy. So um, I just noticed that from my own experience, that doesn't work. Um, but it's not our fault. Sometimes we're just constantly being told that we're not enough and we need more to achieve happiness. Um, so I think that's just something to think about. But it also leads me to my next question, Olive, is you know, how much savings should we have at a given time? Uh, what would be reasonable? Because we all can save at a different amount, de depending on our income and our life situations. But um, is there a given amount of money that we should have saved? Addie, so, um, so generally the school of thought is um, after we do a budget, so it's important to do a budget. And a budget is you literally telling your money where to go. So you bring in X amount. And for every dollar that you bring in, how much of that amount of that income is going to go towards whatever your monthly expenses are? The hope is that your expenses are not more than your income. Right. And so once you do a budget and you have, you know, you know what your monthly expenses are. The school of thought is anywhere from three to six months of your monthly expenses should be saved. And the reason for the six months is because generally if there's a job loss, it usually will take about six months to find another position with livable wages. Now, so this thing about financial power, money, it, it really comes down to contentment and 
each one of us just living our own lives, right? I like to say, do you. Don't do me. Addie, you do you. Olive, you do me. Olive should not be doing Addie and Addie should not be living, trying to live Olive's life, right? So that's where contentment comes into play. Because I'm finding that the more content we are with our individual lives, right? The less of that spending spree we go on, the less of the coveting somebody else's lifestyle. And I've come to also realize that a lot of people, a lot, you know, and I know I'm generalizing now, but what I've observed is, you know, so we all try to keep up, you know, and I'm sure we've all heard this saying, keeping up with the Joneses, right? And lots of times those Joneses are heavily in debt, right? And broke, right? And your point, Addy, that we all go shopping and, you know, to meet or fulfill whatever that need is or that pain or whatever that thing is or trying to look good for who, right? So we spend thousands, you know, hundreds of dollars buying the new dress for who are we trying to impress at the end of the day, right? Who are we trying to, to impress with our purchases when most times people don't care, right? So, um, so it's important that we live our own lives. If my life, if if my income is X amount of, you know, a month, I should try and live within that X amount of month and not try to copy, emulate, follow somebody else because I don't really know what's going on in their household, right? And I really don't know what their financial situation is, right? Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, the kind of society, culture, whatever you want to call it, that we all come from, it's all very showy, if you will. Absolutely. Yes. We don't know. We don't know. We, nothing is as it seems. And you're, you're so right. We, you know, people can look like they're having an amazing life and they could be, uh, but we don't know, Uh, you know, in the back end, it might be, like you said, so much debt and misery that um, we don't want to get ourselves into. And um, there's one thing also that really made a big impact on me is, you know, we have a lot of bills to pay at this day and time, but um, it's also important to pay ourselves first. I think that's the most important thing is that, you know, we all work hard. We have, you know, most of us have nine to five jobs and so many bills and we pay all that, but then once we made that payment, we have nothing. So it's really important to, like you mentioned, to make a budget, see what our income is, and make the first payment to ourselves because we work hard for it. You know, we did spend our time, our energy uh, working for that money, and we should get paid. So we should take that responsibility and pay ourselves first and then make sure that we pay our other bills. And depending on that is how we can also budget. I think that, you know, that really helped me that changed my money mindset also that, you know, I am deserving of my money. I should have money for myself rather than keep paying it for other people. So um, I think, that's very important. Another thing that I really value is, you know, uh, having enough money for my children's education, uh, especially as a single mom. That's something that's on my mind a lot. And I'm sure a lot of other people, you don't even have to be a single parent. You still want to make sure that you have enough money uh, to send your kids to college or just to you know, have a backup money for them. So what are the ways that we can do that and help them as they grow up? Okay, so savings for 
children's education is critical. And I like to coach my clients to say, once a child is born and you have a social security number, set it up, right? So there are, you know, there are lots of, um, finance, you know, lots of financial institutions that can manage 529 plans for you, for the child and based, and it's, um, and the investments are based on the age. So the younger the child, the more aggressive, and as they get older and older, you know, the investments become more um, conservative. So definitely from the day that you get the child's social security number, because you will need that number to be able to set up an, a 529 college account and um and the benefit of the of the of having a 529 college account is that um so you know so it's it's for that child the child is the beneficiary and we the adults can't really just go and you know once we put the money in it um we adults we parents can't go back and say you know i'm just going to take this money out whatever because there'll be severe penalties around that because the purpose of that kind of account is truly for the education of a child, right? So I would definitely say um, to research that. And again, the minute the child gets social security number, open up. And you can start as little as $25 a month and build on it. You know, so this is something you can build on over the years. Yeah, I think that's a very important thing to do, you know, um, because... I personally believe that uh, the best gift that we can give our children is education, you know, on top of being, you know, the parent who nurtures their mindset and um, teaches them that they have endless possibilities. We also have to be there for them as a backup, you know, because we're literally taking them out into this world and they, you know, have to go through college and it is, it's just very um, comforting for them to know that we've given them that gift. So I think that's a very um, beautiful thing and you never know, you know, what life would be like once they reach that age and it's, I'm sure things are going to be much more expensive. So as a parent, I think that's just a beautiful gift to give our kids. Um, so, you know, now we're all going through this um, uncertain time with the pandemic. And a lot of people have been affected financially with, you know, what's going on, which kind of brings us back to why it's important to, um, you know, save for uncertain times like this. But how should we manage our money so that we, you know, first of all, have enough savings for uncertain times, but even as we're going through this difficult time, what are the ways that we should consider financially? Yes. So these are really unprecedented times that we're in and it's scary as well. You know, we're also in scary times. So depending on when one, where one's financial situation is, meaning is your employment secure, right? Do you still have a stable job and income coming in? So that's one track. The other track is you've been either furloughed or lost your job, right? Um, so with both with both those scenarios, um, we like to talk about keeping in place the four walls, right? So let us just visually, because I'm a visual learner, so let us think about the four walls. So we all live within four walls, right? Most of us within four walls, whether it's a house, an apartment, you know, whatever it is, whatever that structure is, it's the four walls. So that's the most important thing that we should try and keep, shelter. We all need shelter over our heads. Now, what happens within those four walls? So within those four walls, that's where our family resides, we live. Um, 
So that's why that shelter is very important. In those four walls, we also have food. So we need food for sustenance, right? We need food to be healthy. We need food for survival. That's the second thing that we should be focused on. The third thing is within that four walls, we have utilities that we need to make sure um, are still going, like the light bill, like the, you know, if we own the house, the water bill, and definitely our wireless service because, you know, one day we had traditional working styles. Now we've all pivoted to a virtual remote. So I think for everybody, this, you know, um, having adequate uh, internet access and wireless, or, you know, making sure that those technology things are, are still viable. And then last but not the least, transportation. So that's the next thing that I would, that we highly encourage everyone to make sure. And transportation could mean your, um, you know, could mean a car, could mean a bus, whatever transportation means to you, but making sure that those four things, those four walls are steady and in place, right? Irrespective of whether we have, um, you know, income still coming in or not. It's very important. And then, um, and then at this time, you know, so, I know it's not optimal. I know that it's not, you know, out there. It's um, from a health perspective, it's still very challenging. But exploring the exploring opportunities now for different types of employment, right? So you know, so I think what I'm learning is that the delivery sector has, you know, it's really increasing now. Um, you know, so because a lot of people are having things being delivered to them. So really Googling, researching what other work from home, you know, virtual type, um, you know, what sectors are really employing individuals right now. I know also that certainly I, I thought I heard the other day that some of the grocery stores are also looking to ramp up. So that is that is where I would say the focus should be. Um, I think I'm also hearing and learning that we can, you know, so if one is not able to pay their credit cards or whatever those bills are, it's always good to contact the financial institution and just say that to them. Say, I'm, you know, I'm having a tough time and they all understand in this, especially in this time that we're in right now. Um, so, you know, so again, it's better to call. I know some of these calls can be scary, but it's better to call your creditors and say, this is a situation that's going on with me right now and come up with some kind of arrangement and not just be silent. Yeah, it definitely could be scary, especially for people who are very anxious about it. They have a lot of debt and um, some people don't even want to know how much or they just want to be in that denial because facing it is very painful. Uh, but just like any other problem in our life, unless we face it, it's not going to go away. And if, you know, if you have support, people who can sit there next to you, then have them there and really just go through your finances. Because once you do, you will feel uh, so much relief, and that's the only way to move forward. Um, I'm speaking from my own experience, and it's just going to stay there unless you face it, just like any other challenge in life. Um, but also on what you said, you know, for people who have been impacted financially, if they have lost their job or being fur have been furloughed, or their partner has lost their income. Um, you know, even what you mentioned about grocery stores, I've heard that they're really taking care of their employees right now. They've changed the way they work so that people who are delivering are safe. So that's a, an amazing option 
um, like you mentioned, and going through um, your utilities also, some companies have, I'm not sure exactly how, but they have a way to help you make your payments. If you notice when you go to the websites, many websites actually, they have a banner on top that says, um, if you need assistance due to COVID. Um, so just click on that and see what it is. Find out like, you know, what your budget is or what you can afford and then talk to them about it. Tell them that, you know, you what you can afford and what you can't afford. So um, that makes a lot of sense. So thank you so much, Olive, for sharing that with us. You know, again, I just want to um, emphasize stress, you know, financial coaches are there, right? I am, again, I'm, I'm, I'm shamelessly putting a plug for the Financial Empowerment Center in Prince George's County. Good people. The service we offer there is free. And again, I'm one of the resident coaches there. And we have a team. The center also does free tax. We can help you with your um, taxes. So I really would encourage you. Um, and you don't have to live in Prince George's County to take advantage of that um, of that um, opportunity. So it's a, a financial empowerment financial empowerment center in Prince George's County. We'll definitely put a link to that. Uh, on our show notes, because that's an amazing resource. And um, I just want to emphasize on that now, you know, most of us have a bit more time than we had before. And we should be using this time to work on ourselves, whether it's mentally, physically, and just in our life in general, which includes financially, because like we mentioned so many times now, finances are extremely important in our mental health as well as our physical health. So um, this is an amazing opportunity actually now to really work on that, uh, you know, reach out to a coach and spend some time really um, figuring out what your beliefs are about money, you know, because it stems from that, right? What our belief is about anything. So think about like how, you what's your relationship was with money since you were a child what you were thought about money and what question your beliefs definitely definitely question your beliefs some people don't believe they're worthy of having enough money which is absolutely false um you know we live in an abundant universe and all of us have the right to live an abundant life so question that and then also visualize your life in this time, you know, what kind of life do you really want financially? What do you want things to look like, you know, a year from now, three years from now, or five years from now? How do you visualize your life financially? And then another thing that will definitely help is when you're visualizing, you have to have a purpose. Like, what is your purpose to have a healthy financial life? Obviously, it's good for your health, it's good for your mental health, but also it's good for your family, for your children, if you have children. Um, really digging deep, deep down into what, why you want to have a healthy, financially free life will motivate you to have, you know, to manage your money the right way. And definitely, definitely strategize. And this is where financial coaches come in. They help you build a way to manage your money, which is designed specifically for you, for your own you know, income, for your own lifestyle, in a way that actually makes sense for you. So uh, use this time as an opportunity to really, really um, help your finances. So when you're doing that, and when we come out of this uncertain time, Olive, can we talk about 401ks and how, what they are and what it means to save for retirement? Okay. 401k. So I think, um, I think a lot of us have heard that, right? So first of all, what 
what is a 401k? What What is it? So uh, the 401k is actually named after the tax code that governs how it works, right? So it it's subsection 401k, 401k subsection of the tax code. And that's, uh, so that's what a 401k really is. It's a way that we can save for our retirement. In, and depending on the sector that you work for, in the, uh, in the for-profit sector, it's known as a 401k program. In the non-profit sector, it's a 403b. I think, I believe in the government sector, it's probably the four or five, seven. Why is this important? So one day we're all going to retire. Nobody's going to work forever, hopefully. We, hopefully we won't be working forever. Let me rephrase that. And to make sure that, this, that that's not the case, from, again, I like to say from the day you start working, from the day you start working, usually companies will have these um, benefits, if you will, and and usually these four hundred one k or four hundred three b four five seven plans are usually are always employer sponsored or retirement savings. Most companies will match what your um, what your savings is dollar up up to a certain percentage. So it's a way to save. For your retirement, start the minute you start working, start putting money aside and you can start little, you know, a little at a time and build on it and build and build. And again, there's usually a company match up to a certain percentage. And um, because this thing for retirement, I, you know, now I like to say, and I very much believe that it's not an age thing any longer, you know, so, you know, whatever the age is of retirement right now, um, a lot of people are not, may not be ready at whatever that age is, right? I, I'm not sure if it's 65 or 70. I honestly don't know because that's a, that's a, a figure I don't really focus on. For me, retirement is more of a numbers game, right? So whenever you choose to stop working, what do you hope your life will look like for the rest of your life? What, what, you know, what's the lifestyle? Are you hoping to travel? Are you hoping to just stay home? Do you want to still live in your mansion? Do you want to move to a smaller place? Do you want to relocate to another country? You know, whatever your plans and goals are, do you want to start a, you know, a business? Do you want to volunteer? You know, whatever your plans are for that, next phase of your life, this is the purpose of having a retirement account, right? Because we cannot, we cannot um, fund our retirement through loans, right? So the phase of life, retirement, it's not like we can go to a bank and say, well, give me a loan to go, you know, like, you know, when you're going through school, you say, give me a loan to go through college, right? But you cannot say, give me a loan to help me retire. So the retirement, so that's why we have these um, employer-sponsored plans now, so that we can, again, a little becomes much. I keep popping on that. We can start, you know, I'm not saying start with this humongous number right now, but a little becomes much. And you keep building and building and building and building and building. And it has to become a habit that one saves because one day most of us will retire. Most of us will say, eh, I'm tired of the nine to five. I want to do something else, right? So that is what a 401k is. And, um, and if you can, I would say continue to, especially doing this, time and season that we're in right now. So if you can, please continue to contribute to it. And I'm sure everybody knows and understands that um, with a 401k, 403b, 457, you cannot withdraw from it until, you know, you legally are able at that age to, you know, take out, you know, the funds. Because if you borrow against it or withdraw, there are severe penalties that will come along with that. Um, decision from the from the IRS. 
Yes, that those are very, very helpful tips, Olive. Thank you so much. Um, what is it? one thing that we can do today uh, for our financial health? What would you say if there's one thing we could start doing today? What would that be? Okay, the one thing is take a step back, breathe, first of all, just breathe, right? And do a budget. I always like to say, let's start with the budget because a budget is eye-opening. It's And it truly is an aha moment. And what do I mean? Put down, you know, how much income comes into your family, right? All sources of income, put that down. And then all of your expenses. So how much do you pay for your mortgage or your rent? How much do you pay for your phone bill? If you have instant wireless access, how much do you pay for that? How much do you pay for your gro- you know, groceries? How much money do you spend going out to eat or ordering food in this you know, environment we're in right now? So really doing a budget and it is so eye-opening because it'll begin to help you understand where most of your expenses are, right? How are you expending, spending your hard-earned dollars? And Addie, exactly what you said, are you paying yourself first? Do you have an emergency savings of three to six months lined up? Is that ready, right? How much debt are you? So, in you know, so because usually along with the budget, there should be a line item saying how much in debt payments you're making every month, whether it's credit card, uh, student loans, whatever that debt thing, car, car notes, whatever that debt thing is, how much in reality. And the hope is that you, that um, the hope is that one is not spending more than we are earning. And if we are, then that's where the change needs to happen to begin to look at what those changes will be. Hopefully with the help of a financial at the Prince George's Empowerment Center. Absolutely. Yes, I agree. Because without a budget, you really don't know where your money is going. You have no idea. I know I didn't. So that's, I can't uh, emphasize that more. Olive, is there anything I haven't asked you, anything at all that you'd like to share with us? Um, nothing really, but Adi, I'd like, I hate to put you on the spot, but I'd, I'd like to just ask, can you just share a little bit about what you thought coaching would entail and how has it helped you? Oh my goodness. Especially with the budget. Can you just talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. Sure. So for me, I, um, had no idea how to manage money. Uh, coming out from my divorce, I was absolutely lost. And that was one of the things that I really, really suffered from to the point where it gave me anxiety and I didn't even want to see what was happening in my financial life. I was in complete denial, anxious, and it hurt. So I tried to numb it by not looking at it or not just giving it any attention, but obviously that doesn't work because, you know, the bills kept coming and it got to a point where I was really at a bad place. So when I was doing my, you know, soul work and questioning my beliefs, that's when I became aware of um, how I was using other things to kind of bypass this issue I had financially. So as I was working on myself, I started to become more clear and I realized that I needed a coach. So I started, you know, working on my finances and Olive was one of my, one of my, she was my coach. So um, it completely just opened up my eyes to uh, my beliefs in money. It was really on self-worth. I didn't feel like I, well, first of all, I didn't think that I was good at managing money, which was a wrong thing to believe in the first place. We're all good at managing money. It's just that we tell ourselves that we're not. And we, didn't, we don't have the right resources or the right tools to do that. And unless we do have that, then obviously we're going to suffer. 
So it's okay to reach out for help. It's okay to ask questions. It's okay to admit to yourself that you don't know and start working on it. And once you do, once you start working with a coach and um, be forgiving to yourself because it's not like you start working with a coach today and then next week everything goes perfectly well and all your problems disappear. No, you have to continue working on that. You know, you have to continue managing your money and just be compassionate and do your best all the time. Um, so that's what I have to share, uh, Olive. Okay. Well, thank you. Yeah. Compassion, reaching out, open to yeah. learning. Absolutely. And question your beliefs. Question yes. your beliefs. Visualize it, what kind of life you want. I didn't want to be in that, you know, ang- anxious lifestyle where I'm always worried about money. I felt so insecure. I felt like all, everything could be wiped out at, at one point because I don't have money. So really, I started seeing money differently. I started seeing that money is a form of security. So um, if I wanted to feel safe and secure, that's up to me. That's my responsibility to make sure that I'm managing my money well. And if I want to live a certain kind of lifestyle, that's also up to me. It's nobody else's, you know. Um, There's this thing about, especially for women, that someday your Prince Charming will come and save you and you'll have the perfect life. No, don't believe that. No, it's not his responsibility. It's not your husband's responsibility. It's your own responsibility. And that's what I learned, that you have to be managing your money yourself. That is your security. Um, And then also um, having a purpose. Just like anything in life, you need to have a purpose. And what's your purpose for managing your money and having the lifestyle that you want? Why do you want that? If if your why is not strong, then you will keep repeating your mistakes. But if your why is strong, then that will keep you going. And definitely, definitely have a strategy that works for you, not for what worked for your best friend, like Olive mentioned earlier, but, or your sister or whoever, just what works for you. And you know that by working with a financial coach who's trained, who has enough experience to help you. So definitely reach out. Olive, thank you so, so, so much for being here with us today. Thank you. I am so grateful. How can me or my listeners, how can we serve you? You've given us so much today. Um, how can you, how, I, honestly, I just, you know, I really hope that folks will reach out to the Financial Empowerment Center in Prince George's County and just say, you heard the podcast and you want to learn more about this thing called financial coaching. And the people there are so authentic. And and I'm one of the coaches, and we will talk to you. All right. So we'll and put a link no to that. No strings attached. It doesn't cost you anything, and no strings attached. And I think that's a win-win. So call Olive. Call Olive. Awesome. Thank you so much, Olive. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you. What a beautiful conversation we had with Olive. She's just a beautiful soul, so knowledgeable and extremely, extremely helpful. Um, I learned so much from her, just even on this episode by itself. I hope that um, there were so many takeaways for you as well. And, um, you know, a lot of us don't see finances as a part of our well-being, but it's one of the really important things to consider if we want to live a healthy, happy life. Because um, if we don't know how to manage our money, if we have the wrong beliefs about money, then we're just not living to our highest potential. So I hope just, you know, from this episode, you come out questioning your money beliefs. Um, and 
know that you're worthy, absolutely worthy to have anything that you need, anything that you want. We live in a very abundant universe. Um, and, you know, take away the lack mentality and uh, feed yourself with, with things that make you feel your truest self, which is how abundant you are, how beautiful you are, and how worthy you are. So um, with that, I will leave you for today. And I can't wait to come back with another amazing soul filling episode. Until next time, I love you so much. Have a wonderful time. See you.